Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not get caught lying about everything. Yo, Joe Biden. You are so full of sh. IRS whistleblower testimony coming down hard on the president. Some momentum now building in the House for impeachment of the 46th president. Uh oh, I'm in trouble. We're going to discuss it with Byron Donald, superstar representative from the great state of Florida, who was watching the testimony this week that basically, line by line, refuted everything we've been told about the Biden criminal enterprise. You know, Hunter doing business, but never talking to his dad about the business. <laughs> ah, turns out that wasn't a thing. Talked about it, met the partners, was cited in the messages, was seen in the pictures. Literally everything we've been told was a lie. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Well, they were running an influence peddling scheme, but the bigger takeaway, and this is what we're going to discuss today from the IRS whistleblowers, is they were denied, they were denied the opportunity to fully pursue charges. They were denied the opportunity to fully pursue their investigation. So everybody on the left who tells you, no one's above the law. Democrats are so full of crap. Crazy stuff. 888-788-9910. If you want a part of a big Friday episode of the show where you can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat. Just don't be a I will tell you if you're a fan of this show. It's things you need to know. Tomorrow night, I'm hosting Fox News Saturday night, 10 o'clock tomorrow night on the East Coast. You better be there. Ted Nugent's going to be on. We're going to be discussing this Jason Aldean controversy in the country music world. Charles McBee, who is also on tomorrow night's show, is going to join me today to weigh in on this controversy as well. But it's a big night. And one of the things you'll see if you're somebody who listens to the show regularly on the radio but have never seen the studio is we're doing a feature at the end of the show about the studio. Uh, they're going to come in here and film it. And, you know, I'm going to kind of show them around and explain how the show works and stuff like, like that. At which point they'll probably hand me back my taxi license and be like, oh, really? That's how you've been doing this show the whole time? Get him out of here. <laughs> get him. Yeah, I should really rethink that invite. I don't know if the camera crew needs to get in here after all. But I will tell you uh if anybody wished an invite had been rescinded uh it is the people in biden inc because the big takeaway from this testimony man oh boy oh man you know they say where there's smoke well hunter's probably smoking crack but the point is where there's smoke there's fire is the old adage and if they're lying to you about whether or not they've taught you know one thing they're lying to you about all things that's generally how it works so to recap this story okay joseph ziegler is a 13-year IRS veteran. His official job description was he was in the criminal investigation division. He, along with Gary Shapley, were considered to be members of the A team. Not the B team, not the C team, not the everybody gets a trophy team, the best team. When the game is on the line, we're talking about international tax evasion. We send in the A-Team. Now, this member of the A-Team, 13-year IRS special agent, 
He tells the panel first in written testimony that he wanted to interview Hunter's adult children after uncovering potentially illegal deductions in Hunter's tax returns related to payments that ultimately wound up going to his children, Hunter essentially funneling the money through the children. So a DOJ prosecutor said that that would get us into hot water and did not happen. Uh, And I got to tell you, I'm going to give you these clips just so you it goes beyond my characterization. Okay, here is Ziegler on Capitol Hill, first talking about the tax evasion, then talking about the belief that a 10 percent kickback was going to his dad. Are you the big man, Joe? Ziegler said he was. But let's start here. Clip seven. Hunter Biden allegedly falsely claimed business deductions for chat, for payments made to the Chateau Marmont, a hotel room for his supposed drug dealer, sex club memberships, falsely referenced on the wire as a golf membership, hotels he was blacklisted from, and a Columbia University tuition payment for his adult daughter. All of these items were used to support willfulness, the willfulness element for felony tax evasion. These false deductions claimed by Hunter Biden caused a false return to be prepared that underreported his total income by approximately $267,000 and a loss to the U.S. Treasury of $106,000. Hunter's a dirtbag. Okay, now that's on the income, okay, that's just there. They're going to great detail in the clips I'm going to play you to explain the other income that wasn't actually reported but was upwards of $17 million for the Biden family. But here's Joseph Ziegler weighing in first on the big guy, clip eight. When we're preparing for that, we're preparing for that interview and we're referencing that email, 10 held by H for the big guy. And from what I understand that to be President, his dad, President Biden. Whoa. So Joe Biden was the big guy. He should be behind bars. Now, here is a montage of Ziegler and Gary Shapley testifying again under oath to the penalty of perjury. These guys would go to jail if they're lying. They're members of the A-team, our best team of special agents that handle international tax evasion cases. Okay, and why is this significant? One, it's international. Two, it's a massive amount of money. But three, the money's only coming in because the guy receiving it is selling influence through his dad. Okay, you understand Hunter Biden does not have in any of the 15 businesses or at least shell companies that he lists. He does not have a business, meaning it's not like a pizza place. It's not an auto repair shop. It's a nothing. Okay, it's just shell companies with names that he funnels money through. Now, why do we need 15 shell companies? Because it makes it a lot harder to trace the money. Correct the mundo. And that's something these guys are going to testify to here in the clips I play you. Okay, so understand the money was only coming in because of what of people expected to get from it. Now, what was the ultimate business Hunter was in? Something you can't list on your tax returns. You can't go, hey... I'm selling interest in the U.S. government through my dad. I have a crack problem and a fondness for taking naked pictures and posting them all over the Internet. But my dad is the vice president, and we make a lot of money by saying I can have him help people. And that's essentially what the business model was. Let me give you, though, because they couldn't even get all the way into all of this. This is so crazy. Okay, this is clip 11. 
approximate total transfers from the Romania company would have been $3.1 million to everyone. How much did Hunter Biden and his business associates receive from State Energy HK Limited through the Robinson Walker LLC? $3 million. The total transfers from Hudson West 3 to everyone was $3.7 million. Burisma paid to everyone involved $6.5 million. Burisma also paid Blue Star Strategies and a law firm hundreds of thousands of dollars, bringing the total Burisma payments to over $7 million. Is, is that correct? That is correct, $7.3 million. Between 2014 and 2019, this brings the total amount of foreign income streams received to approximately $17 million, correct? That is correct. $17 million to the Bidens. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. We have proof. We have bank records. This guy didn't show up and say this. They showed up with documents. They showed up with bank records. They showed up with wire transfers. They showed up with emails. They showed up with photos. It was a straight Dr. Seuss. They showed up on a boat, on a goat, on a train with a plane, and they openly testified, facing the threat of perjury, you will go to jail for lying. They openly testified that they were denied access to the laptop and a further probe into the Biden finances. This is clip 12. Was there other evidence in this investigation that you were denied access to? Yes, there was. One piece was, uh, was the, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop. Assistant United States Attorney Leslie Wolf told us on that day, I think it was September 3rd of uh, uh, 2020, and that's that they had uh, information from the laptop that they were not providing to the investigators. How about that? Did you hear that? Yeah, we got information from the laptop. We're not going to give it to you. That's not right. The investigators. Now understand who they're saying no to. I just, the full scope of this, this is why it matters, okay? President's a corrupt dirtbag. Should be impeached and thrown out of office. Like straight up, full stop. No argument to be made. This is the IRS A-team, okay? The man testifying is a gay Democrat, a lifelong gay man who is a Democrat, okay? Under the current rules of engagement in our politics, If the Republicans were to push back against anything this man said, it would be because he's gay. Oh, they just gay hate hate people. It's a hate crime is what they're doing. It's the homophobia was raging on Capitol Hill today as the Republicans didn't take the claims of a gay man seriously. That's how they play the game. Okay, but when it suits them, the Democrats go the other way. Ah, who's this idiot? This Yahoo. What would he know about tax evasion? You know, other than the fact that he spent 13 years as our number one lead investigator, what's his background for even speaking about this stuff in public? Am I right, you guys? Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's who the Democrats are. And it's embarrassing. Okay, but understand what he's actually saying here and the implications so much bigger. Okay, this is the A-team. He is a special agent on our top international tax evasion team. And he is being told by someone above him, above him. Now you can't have the information. But we're doing an investigation. You can't have the information. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> but that's, that's the fix being in. That's them slow rolling an investigation for no other reason than because they need to outlast the statute of limitations, at which point all these investigations cease to exist. So what they did as a means of stifling these guys a fair look into the Bidens, okay, as they slow-rolled investigation one, 
But what they did in the process is they outsourced other investigations to jurisdictions like Delaware, which allowed them the ability to say, well, we can't give you this piece of information because it's part of an ongoing investigation. You know, you can't give up these sources and methods and everything like that. And it's what they're still doing now is Hunter Biden is expected to sign a plea deal that will put a bow on everything the Bidens ever did wrong, potentially on a criminal level. Okay, they've announced that although the plea deal is being signed, the investigation remains open. Okay, which is unfathomable. If you go to court, you get convicted. They throw you in handcuffs and march you off. The judge doesn't gavel everybody back in and go, now we're not done with this case. No, of course you are. You've been convicted and sentenced and thrown in jail. Okay, but in this instance, he's pleading guilty. Okay, a voluntary self-conviction. He's receiving a plea deal. But for some reason, they're keeping it open. They're keeping the investigation open. Why are they keeping the investigation open? It's because by having an open investigation, they can stonewall any other look into the Bidens. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. That's exactly what's going on. It's a, it's a straight scam. So understand, Joe Biden is corrupt. Okay, Joe Biden on some level is compromised. Doesn't mean he is honoring the terms of the agreement But it damn well does mean that countries, places like Ukraine, places like China, places like Moscow, that have given his family upwards of $17 million, definitely did so with the belief that they would get something out of the Bidens. And we've now been told what? That the recording does exist of the Bidens being bribed, that people at Burisma held on to them as an insurance policy against the Bidens. We're going to get into this as the show goes on. But the nutshell here is that your president, who happens to be the guy in the Oval Office who said he never met Hunter's business partners, never talked to Hunter's business partners, didn't know anything about what kind of business Hunter was in. Yeah, it turns out he was full of Girls send Biden to bed early because he's really old and he's senile. He makes up so much crap, the country's worried. He's lying like it's going out of style. You can't hide Joe Biden's lies For a while they made sucky try I thought by now they'd realize There ain't no way to hide Joe Biden's lies Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. All right. This one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay. Every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. 
Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total Tea. Nugenics Total Tea, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total Tea Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total Tea before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword jimmy text now you'll get a bottle of nugenics thermo x the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast it is absolutely free your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword jimmy it's 231-231 and you enter the keyword jimmy texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages consent not required to purchase message and data rates may apply There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Florida Representative Byron Donalds is coming up. Charles McBee is going to be here as well. Comedian, head writer for Charlemagne the God. And he is going to weigh in on this Jason Aldean controversy. Uh, The left protesting. His video for Try That in a Small Town. CMT pulls it off the airwaves. And it shoots to number one on the iTunes charts. Pretty funny, uh, but it really does speak to just how vast the divide is in this country at the same time. It's sad. We're now living in an America that it just needs a timeout. Everyone hates each other so much. We're living in the era of the protest purchase. People now buy stuff just as a middle finger to the people who disagree with them politically. It's bananas. But one of the reasons we're so divided is we've been intentionally divided by people in Washington. Okay, that went on. You can make no mistake about it. This started really with Trump really quickly. Donald Trump, just so you understand, hosted a show on NBC. It was called Celebrity Apprentice. It was on for 15 years. Okay, he used to go on The View all the time. He was chummy with Barbara Walters. He used to go on Howard Stern back when Howard was the king of all media. Yes, Howard is so whiny now. He's like the Prince Harry of all media. But the point is, Trump was a member of polite society. Okay, it wasn't until he became a Republican candidate for president that everybody who loved him turned. That's just how white folks will do you. Understand, like the Clintons were at his wedding to Melania. Elton John was at his wedding. In fact, Trump was at Elton John's wedding seven years before any Democrat came out in support of gay marriage. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. And the point is, people knew him to be pugnacious. People knew him to be crass and opinionated. Okay, but no one believed he was literally Hitler. They didn't believe he was a racist. They didn't believe he was a white supremacist. But once he got in the political ring, that was the card they played. And not only did they attack Trump, but if you remember, Hillary Clinton famously called his supporters a basket of deplorables. Okay, and thus began the era of not only attacking the candidates, but their supporters. Okay, and conservatives have been under attack at every turn, every minute of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year of the Trump era. And the end result is a lot of division that's left us all hating each other. So when the liberals come out and say, screw Jason Aldean, the Republicans come out and say, here's a couple of bucks, Jason Aldean. But I'm telling you, this isn't a good sustainable business model because everybody's losing their minds.
There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Crazy town right now. Here's Emma Jo Morris on Capitol Hill telling a basic truth that needs to be shared with everybody. Okay, the laptop, uh, the Hunter laptop, was censored not because it was disinformation, but because it was actually real information. That's true. That is true. Clip four. No one denies that the laptop is real, that the origin story is exactly what I told you it was in the first place. This elaborate censorship conspiracy wasn't because the information being reported on was false. It was because it was true, and it was a threat to the power centers in this country. Think about that. They interfered in an election. So there's like there's so many layers to this onion. What is election interference? It's federal election interference. The federal government, knowing the Hunter Biden laptop was real, went out and censored it, colluding with big tech, the Twitters, the Facebooks of the world. You can't let people share this. Okay, and why were they doing that? Because we were weeks away from an election. And this is the kind of damaging dirt that can potentially throw a close race. When you see reports that tell you between 15 and 20 percent of Biden supporters would have changed their vote had they known the levels of corruption in the family, you're talking about tens of millions of votes in an election that was decided by 10,000 votes, okay, or less in several of the states. So you understand this is a game-changing election interference but the penalty was committed by the refs. That's psychotic. That is not a democracy. That is not something anyone should be on board with, whether it benefits your political party or not. But then there's this other reality that we're now living in, which is that every intelligence agency and every newspaper that denied us the right to see this story because they said it was disinformation, all of them now admit that the story is true. Do you understand? Journalism in this country is dead and buried. And why do I say that? Because if you're acknowledging the story is true, the laptop is real, then you're acknowledging that the contents and the business deals are also real. I think he's got a point. But are any of those journalists, using air quotes, pursuing the journalistic leads in this story? The answer would be no. Guys, if there's a sitting United States president that's literally selling influence in our government uh, in the run up to his inauguration, as Joe Biden was, I'm going to give you a real street sense breakdown of this in a second. But if there's a sitting United States president who has received 17 million dollars from foreign entities in countries that he's now not only interacting with, but sending over 100 billion dollars to in the case of Ukraine, We're dealing with what potentially would be one of the biggest blockbuster stories in the history of the country. And there's nobody in the media even pursuing it. They don't care because they're afraid it'd be damaging to the Democratic Party. But if you're a member of the media, your job is not to protect the Democratic Party. It's to protect the country. Okay, it's to be there as a check on power. Okay, that's the whole point of journalism is to be there is for citizens to hold their governments accountable. The famous Thomas Jefferson quote I keep saying so much lately. Okay, when governments fear their people, there is liberty. When people fear fear their government, there is tyranny. Okay, the governments do not fear their people anymore because the press is there on the government's side to sweep whatever the government does 
wrong under the rug. Ergo, we have tyranny right now. Can I give you a street sense take on this really quick? We'll get into some sound and everything else. So all of the allegations from the whistleblower stem from the areas between 2016 and 2019, okay, late stage 2020. In June of 2020, okay, there are still conversations going on with Burisma in regards to Hunter Biden and other monies he wants sent to him, okay? Understand the reason this is all significant. Joe Biden served for eight years as Barack Obama's vice president. That was the deal. He was the VP. At the end of that term, Barack Obama thought so highly of Joe Biden that he talked him out of running for president. That's what happened. Step aside. It's Hillary's turn. She's going to give another go of it. She's fired up. She's ready to roll. I don't feel no ways tired. So that was the deal. Joe Biden was told by Obama and the party elites to step aside. After eight years as vice president, you've served in the Senate, you've served in the House, your time in government is over. That was the belief for Joe Biden, okay, a guy that was already in his mid-70s. Okay, traditionally, we've never had a president that old. Ronald Reagan was the oldest president we've ever had elected. He was 72 going into his second term, 76 by the time he left office. Okay, but you understand the belief was that in 2016, Hillary was going to win pretty easily. Wrong. Didn't win. But the belief by, I mean, everybody, every odds maker in Las Vegas, both political parties, Republican and Democrat, was that she was about to serve two terms, meaning Biden would be about 84 by the time he got a crack at running for president. So knowing that to be the case, he's leaving Washington at the end of the Obama term under the auspices that he'll never run for office again. He decides to get himself a golden parachute through his kid, Hunter. He knows Hunter is selling all kind of influence over the overseas. Okay, we know this because of the Burisma deal. Burisma gave Hunter the money while Biden was the sitting vice president of the United States of America. These are the transactions that were denoted to hold 10 percent back for the big guy, the big guy being Joe Biden. Tell him like it is. Okay, understand. Knowing that Hunter was already cashing out on the Biden name, knowing that Democrat Party elites had told Joe Biden, go home, it's Hillary's turn. That's the end of your career in politics. Biden was like, all right, time to start living like everybody else who leaves politics and making some money, baby. And that's what they did. They sent Hunter to work. They took in about $17 million. But then lo and behold, okay, Hillary did not win the election. Uh, Trump who seemed to be cruising towards re-election, uh, ran into something called COVID. And the next thing you know, Joe Biden, who was the establishment pick in a post-Hillary world, actually had a shot at the White House. Because despite losing four of the first five primaries, he finally won South Carolina with overwhelming hope from Jim Clyburn. Okay, black vote turned out for him at which point Democratic Party leaders got everyone to consolidate on the idea of getting out of the race and supporting Biden, which they all did. Booty Judd's right aside. Okay, Bernie Sanders said, all right, I will step down, but I want one debate with Joe Biden to discuss 
my platform. And they had a debate. And then Bernie shook his hand and stepped aside and endorsed him. That's what he did. And Joe Biden was suddenly the Democratic frontrunner in a winnable election because of COVID that became a little more winnable thanks to the race riots in the summer of 2020 that were somehow blamed on Trump. Ah, Trump, America, systemically racist. Look, we got this president's been a part of this, co- this, this, this government for four years. Americans have been systemically racist for, you know, 245 years. We got this president's been a part of it for four years. We got to get rid of him, replace it with this other guy who's been a part of it for 50 years. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? It's the most insane trick that was ever pulled off in the history of politics. Like, Trump's got to go. It's a racist government. He's been a part of it for four years. We got to replace him with the guy who's been a part of it for 50. Like, if you're really thinking about it, you're like, wait, what? Like, I, I don't like everything Donald Trump tweets, but he didn't eulogize a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Joe Biden did. Joe Biden eulogized Robert Byrd, a member of the Klan. Okay, served with him in Congress, but understand, still eulogized a member of the Klan. You know, people get fired for telling jokes that border on race. But if you're a Democrat, you're protected from anything. Think about a guy like Ralph Northam, who was the uh, governor of Virginia. Ralph Northam, in a, everybody gets canceled for saying anything remotely close to race. Ralph Northam gets outed as wearing a Ku Klux Klan robe in his college yearbook. That can't be good. Not the best. But how did he get out of it? First admitted to it. Oh, yeah, I was old. I was dumb. I did dumb things. But then he took it back. And he said, actually, on second, I'm not sure if it was me in the clan, clan robe. There were two people on the page. The other guy was wearing blackface. What the hell did you just say? That's what he said. And in the picture, to be clear, one guy in a clan robe, one guy in blackface. Now, to be extra clear, okay, neither one of those is an acceptable costume is an acceptable outfit. But was there a major push to get him out of office? The answer would be no. No, because he's a Democrat. Democrats don't care about black lives or black communities. They care about black votes. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. The problem for the Bidens was, as they were getting people to go along with their stupid ideas, nominate Joe for president, and ultimately get him all the way to the White House, is he had spent those ensuing three years living like he'd never be in politics again. Understand, when Biden was talked out of running in 2016, the conventional belief everywhere in politics, as you were looking at eight years of a Hillary Clinton presidency, she'd beat Trump. Okay, and again, she was favored by 13 points in Vegas on election night. So nobody believed she was going to win. Trump did not believe she was going to win. So much so that Trump didn't have a transition team. Okay, Trump had given his transition assignment at the time to Chris Christie. There's a slob. There's a real slob. But Chris Christie hadn't put together a transition team because nobody in their right mind thought Trump was going to win. I mean, the most famous quote about the 2016 election is Trump leaving his final rally on what was now election day. It was two in the morning saying to his aides, I got to tell you, this doesn't feel like second place. And he was just marveling at the turnout and the passion, but resigned to the fact that he was getting on a plane with a good story to tell about running for president and coming so close. But lo and behold, he won. (laughs) Hillary, who had booked a hotel across the street from Trump Tower at the Peninsula Hotel. 
so she could accept his victory phone call right across the street when he finally assumed and acknowledged that he lost the election. Those were her plans. Do you know the old adage, how do you make God laugh? You tell him your plans. Hillary Clinton famously tweeted on her birthday that year a picture of herself as a child saying happy birthday to this future president, to which God responded (laughs) and lo and behold, she lost. And when she lost, that opened up 2020 to Joe Biden again. But understand, by then, they had already activated the launch sequence on the wildest influence peddling scheme I've ever seen. And Hunter was out making all the money in the world. They took in $17 million. So what happened was when they decided Biden was going to run and he had a legitimate shot at the nomination, they were like, well, uh, we got to kill this stuff off. It's called opposition research. What do they have on us? How do we hide it? It's no different than when they're vetting a candidate for VP. All right, tell us every bad thing you ever did. We've got to figure out what can be acknowledged, what can be cleaned up, what is unacceptable and would potentially disqualify you from the ticket. That's what they do. So in the self-vetting process, they absolutely knew they were compromised, which is why every one of these investigations into Hunter Biden were opened up in the first place. They weren't there to find guilt. They were there to find time. Okay, as long as these investigations are ongoing, The evidence doesn't need to be shared. As long as these investigations are ongoing, we can't comment on what we do or don't know about the laptop. As long as these investigations are ongoing, Joe Biden can lie because there's no conclusion coming the American public's way anytime soon. Now the election's over. They've run out the statute of limitations, and we found out he was lying the whole time. We kind of knew it in 2020 when the laptop came out. It was corroborated as true by the director of national intelligence, but the media still gave it the old shutout. So what you realize now in this moment is the Republicans, and I will ask Byron Donalds this when he gets on the show, I would think they have to impeach him. I mean, if the threshold for impeachment has been lowered to where it has, Trump got impeached over Ukraine. And again, back to double standards, what was the Ukrainian impeachment about? It was about Trump allegedly threatening to withhold government aid to a country that didn't do what he wanted it to, Ukraine. With no mind for the fact that Joe Biden did the exact same thing in Ukraine and was caught bragging about it on tape in 2018. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. (laughs) I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Yeah. When the Democrats withhold aid, it's a funny story. When they threaten a foreign official into doing what they want. No, that's not a shakedown. That's happy hour. We're just having a good laugh. But when they make up a story about Trump doing it, it's treason. It's grounds for impeachment. There's a big double standard. And the point I'm trying to make is if we continue to accept a double standard, we'll be living in a country that has no standards. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. 
This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He is one of those iconic figures that fans care about. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the dang thing on the radio. I'll be on your TV tomorrow night with Lawrence Jones. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Fox News Channel. We will, of course, be previewing the 10 p.m. Fox News Saturday night, which I will be hosting myself. Charles McBee will be there. Brian Brenberg, comedian Gina Brion. Ted Nugent's going to be on the show as well. It's going to be a banger. And uh, your radio buddy could use the rating. So if you're anywhere near a TV this weekend, check out Fox News Saturday night at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Here's Joe Biden really quickly. He was in Philadelphia yesterday trying to talk about the middle class. It's clip 13. You know, I came to office determined to strengthen the middle class. I often say, and I mean it sincerely, you know, Wall Street, good folks down there, but they didn't build the middle class. They didn't build America. Middle class was built by the middle class. Wait, what? And the unions built the middle class. And it changed the economic direction of this country. Because we, I got tired of trickle-down economics. I've never been a big fan. If the wealthy do very well, I'm a capitalist. I like the wealthy to be able to people be wealthy. But if the mere fact they do well doesn't mean everybody else does well. What we've got here is failure to communicate. I don't know that we can make sense of what he just said. He was trying to make the case, obviously, that <laughs> the wealthy do well. I'm a capitalist, but the middle class built the middle class. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. It's a bit of a mess. We're going to get to some of these clips in the next hour because Martha McCallum, my buddy, sat down with John Kirby, the clown at the Pentagon, who said, yeah, we did the best we could on the cocaine investigation. <laughs> <laughs> but she asked Kirby about Biden's recent statements and Kirby put on the nose and the size 25 shoes. Might as well have hit her with a bucket of confetti because it was a clown answer. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. Back in action on a Friday fired up in this hour. Going to fly headfirst into a little bit of a pop culture controversy. My man Charles McBee, comedian, head writer for Charlemagne the God on Comedy Central. Charles McBee, who will be joining me on the couch tomorrow night when I host Fox News Saturday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time on the Fox News channel. You better be there, dang it. Uh, your radio buddy needs those ratings. But McBee will be discussing the controversy surrounding Jason Aldean's song, Try That in a Small Town. Now, Aldine put this song out in May, released a video a little bit earlier this month, at which point everyone on the left lost their minds, that it was an ode to lynching, said it was glorifying clan violence and everything in between. And now Aldine's song was pulled by country music television. But in response to that backlash, conservatives who seemingly agreed with the values in the song, went out and bought the pants off of this thing, and it made it all the way to number one on the iTunes charts. There it is. Take off the apron, Brittany Aldine. <laughs> we are going out tonight, girlfriend. Now, it's a crazy story, and I want to give you full context on the story. 
But I really want you to also understand that this controversy is just so illustrative of how divided we are as a people. And I don't take any joy in knowing that this is our reality. But on a very basic level, this song is at number one right now because of protest purchase. Conservatives trying to signal their backlash against liberals were like, screw you. We'll just buy the song, which is great for Jason Aldean. I'm happy for him, happy for his family. Um, But understand, this has really impacted the way we do business now. Okay, liberals tried to go out when conservatives got mad at Bud Light. Liberals tried to go out and buy up the Bud Light to show them, but didn't quite work that time. (laughs) They're like, we'll show you conservatives. We're going to prop up Bud Light. Not even close. Company has now fallen from the number one beer in the world all the way down to number four. Their parent company, Tranheiser-Busch, has lost over $29 billion in revenue. So the protest purchase is not quite working out for the left the way they did for Jason Aldean. But the point is we're now doing that as a society. We're letting politics influence how we spend our money. But the bigger issue here is the divide in society as it pertains to what we think about the Jason Aldean video is really illustrative of how one side is fighting a completely different set of battles than the other. Okay, try that in a small town just so you understand. It's a ballad. The video is loaded with real images. Rioters, looters, armed gunmen, okay, stores on fire, cops being spit on, police vans being overturned, summer of 2020 stuff. It looked like a full-on societal collapse. What he sings in the song is, try that in a small town. And essentially what he's saying is that we have some civic pride. We look out for our neighbors in these towns. We're not going to let you come ransack the place and leave like it never happened with a pat on the back or even some reparations like the NYPD just gave to the George Floyd protesters who set the city on fire. That's Use your common sense. New York just gave out a $13 million class action payment to George Floyd rioters, with each of them getting $10,000 each for destroying the city. I mean, dude. Thank you for the education, gentlemen. We've just received a Ph.D. in stupidity. Think about that, because that'll only embolden more protesters in the future. But what Jason Aldean was saying, you know, in a small town, okay, we've got guns. (laughs) We've got values. We've got civic pride. Try that here. See how far down the road you get. Yes, he is absolutely singing around and find out. Okay, F around and find out for those of you thrown by the beep. Okay, he is singing that. And it's defiant and it's ballsy. And in a lot of ways, it sounds like, yeah, we're ready for some vigilante violence in a small town. Now understand, okay, this is where it gets a little more nuanced. There's only a market for him singing about vigilante uh, violence because oftentimes in the last four years, society has looked an awful lot like it would benefit from some vigilante violence. He knows what he's talking about. I'm not endorsing that. I am not a fan of that. But there's a lot of helplessness around the country right now. You don't write that song because everybody feels safe walking the streets of a big city. The truth is I live in New York, but I travel the country, 
and the overall decline in the quality of life nationwide is really it's actually like depressing as someone who loves this country and takes a lot of pride in it. When you look at the rapid deterioration in the last two and a half years, Biden is such a disaster. It really is bad between the drugs and the homelessness and the crime and the fact that all the big businesses don't feel safe in cities like New York and San Francisco. So they're fleeing. Okay, and one of the reasons they're fleeing is because there's no respect for law and order. Okay, why? Because in the aftermath of summer of the summer of 2020, we had more empathy for the criminal than we did their victims. Okay, so we implemented what? More woke bail reforms. Everything woke turns to literally. Okay, including the sidewalks in those woke cities. So when Jason Aldean sings, try that in a small town, he's basically saying, we're not going to let that happen in our town. He's condemning robbers and rapists and looters and rioters. And he's not saying, to be specific, try doing that to white people in a small town. Like, you can get everybody else. If you do that to white people, that's not what he's saying. And to be clear, rape, robbery, racism, looting, rioting is something that affects people of all races the same. Okay, they all suffer as a consequence of it. In fact, black people suffer disproportionately to that violence because white people looking to get offended on their behalf are letting all the criminals out of jail. Way to go. But the media has tried to characterize this as something else. It's a musical clan rally for all intents and purposes. Here's a montage right here. I mean, it's a deplorable song and it's annoying. Got a gun that my granddad gave me. They say one day they're going to round up. Well, that S might fly in the city. Good luck. It's very divisive and provocative. What I thought of when I read that read that was a Maude Arbery. I think of a black man in a small town in the South who literally just got shot for doing nothing wrong. How the Republicans backing him up are buying into that same same reality of, okay, we're going to do racist things. We're going to do harmful things that target violence towards black and brown people. And a duty to condemn this heinous, vile, racist song. Um, this song is about normalizing racist violence, vigilantism, and white nationalism. This is a lynching anthem. <laughs> it's a lynching anthem. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I mean, did you hear it's a lynching anthem? You suck, you jackass. But that's in, like, really, you should feel shame from being able to get in front of a TV and say those words. That was embarrassing. I really, like, it bothers me. It's, come on, man. That's not what's going on. Is it? Again, it is a ballsy song. But the divide in this country, you understand, is so illustrated and highlighted by this one constant hamster wheel we are on of division, which is people need something to disagree over and and disagree vehemently. The left likes to call those disagreements racism or transphobia, misogyny, homophobia. Any piece of content they can point to and throw that label on is very helpful to them. Oh, look at these conservatives. It works two ways. One, that social pressure helps them get votes. Yeah, you don't want to be racist like these guys. Vote for us. You hear hear the song these guys are listening to? Okay, that's one. Two is... All of these shows like The View and MSNBC and CNN are selling moral superiority to self-hating white people. 
99% of their audience are the coasts, are the big liberal cities on the coast. San Francisco and New York, two of the filthiest cities in the world, two of the most rapidly deteriorating cities in the world. Okay, the white people that live in them and have lots of money and vote for the policies and donate to the politicians who embrace the policies that have ruined these cities. Those white people need to be told every night that they're smarter than the middle of the country, that they're better than the middle of the country. The white people who literally can't walk their kids to school without seeing some pantless wino or some junkie shooting up or, yes, a human poo on the sidewalk. That is reality where I live. Okay, and those white people want to be told they're better. You know better. Listen to these guys. Look at the song they're listening to. It's a glorified Klan rally is what it is. But do you understand this is where the philosophical divide occurs? You can take exception with Jason Aldean's message and the way he went about telling the story. And you can say it's an ode to, you know, vigilante justice and stuff like that that would go on in small towns. But you're wildly ignorant of the black race if you are to get on TV and say it's only white people who take pride in their communities. It's only white people that live in small towns that they'd like to keep safe. You understand? Okay, no one has that part of the discussion. Ah, small town? Who's appealing to white people who care about their town? What's the insinuation there that black people don't? I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. But think about it one step further. Okay, because the characterization is kind of disgusting when you compare it that way. But what are the Democrats concerned about? What is every cancel effort? What is every censorship effort concerned about? Content. They're never concerned about subject matter. Why do I make that case? Because the Democrats are screaming at Jason Aldean for singing about the potential for vigilante justice. You know what they're not complaining about? Any of the real rapes, robberies, shootings, and lootings in the video. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Think about that. How dare this guy get on and sing about stopping the lawlessness and the rioters and the looters? Shouldn't the bigger concern be the lawlessness, the rioters, and, oh, I don't know, the looters that are ripping everything apart? I think he's got a point. Yes, and the point is the liberals protesting the song are idiots. Okay, again, I'm not here to tell you vigilante justice is needed or necessary, but I am telling you that no matter what city you live in, big or small, Republican or Democrat, you'd like to walk down the street someday and feel completely safe again. Okay, I live in a city where the women, not a small town, big liberal town, 96% liberal, the island of Manhattan. I live in a city where there's not a single girl I work with that walks out the door of this building without two security guards to get them to their car. It's not because we're famous and we're on TV. It's because this is a dicey town. Okay, every girl I work with has brass knuckles and multiple forms of mace everywhere they go. It's one of the most jarring things. Like, I listen, I drove a cab in the city, but the city was nice when I drove a cab. It was Giuliani handed off to Bloomberg. There were a lot of cops on the street. They were policing quality of life offenses. They were not glorifying criminals and telling them it was society's fault. They were bad. So here's a cookie. You can leave jail now. Okay, what we're doing now is psychotic in the big towns. They're not doing this in a lot of the small towns. And the reason the song resonates is because people do want to live in a place that has civic pride. People do want to live in a place that's not getting looted and ransacked. They don't want to see cops get spit on, no matter what color they happen to be. Charles McBee was the first guy to come on here 
when the George Floyd riots broke out and said right on our air, all you white people need to stop telling us it's time to defund the police. He's like, nobody in my neighborhood wants to defund the police. We need the police. But it's white people getting offended on behalf of black people. Who do you think is mad at the Jason Aldean song? It's a bunch of white people. Cheryl Crow tweeted about it. Okay, that's who jumps in here. Liberals needing to feed their insatiable quest for self-righteousness. Liberals looking to divide society along racial lines to the benefit of no one. So let's assume Jason Aldean's a big, fat racist, which he's not. But let's make that assumption for them, and we cancel him. We never buy a ticket. We never buy an album. He never plays another show. Does any of that address the rioting and high rates of crime in these cities? The answer would be no. How about the surgeon rapes? The answer would be no. Surgeon robberies? The answer would be no. The point is, I'm a lot more concerned about the criminals than the guys singing about the criminals. You can tell me you don't like his way that went about it, but there's only one side of the aisle here that's sticking up for the actual murderers, robbers, rapists, and losers. And those are the people on the left who want you to be madder at Jason Aldean than the real images you've seen in the video. Now, again, you cannot like what Jason Aldean did, but if you think he's the problem here, you are weapons-grade stupid. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. This thing is going to become gargantuan when the Son of Man comes. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Let me give you a man, oh boy, oh man. Ron DeSantis weighing in on the Jason Aldean controversy, clip 33. We need to restore sanity to this country. I mean, what is going on that that would be something uh, that, that would be censored? I mean, give me a break. Uh, we're off the rocker here in the United States with a lot of this stuff with cancel culture, with big tech censorship, with a lot of stuff that the federal government's doing, policing so-called misinformation. Uh, we need to get back on kilter uh, and start having a free society again and embracing truth. So I, I think it's part and parcel of a lot of the nonsense we've seen over the last many years. Listen, he's not wrong. Okay, Donald Trump stuck up for Jason Aldean as well. It's in, a, it's in a post. It's not audio. But, you know, the reality here is anybody who wants to throw their support behind law and order, we need you right now. Okay, America is going through a lean on me moment. I don't know if you guys remember the famous Morgan Freeman movement, uh, movement movie. The famous Morgan Freeman movie is what it was. Do you speak any English? <laughs> it's a long week, kids. A lot of TV, a lot of radio, a lot of stand-up, a lot of writing. But I'm here. I'm excited. I'm passionate. But there was a famous Morgan Freeman movie called Lean on Me, where he played Joe Clark, principal who took over a crime-ridden, failing inner-city school, started walking around with a bullhorn, yelling at people policing them, his teachers, his students, his drug dealers, his delinquents, the smart kids, the dumb kids, the fat kids, everybody in between. And he dished out a lot of tough love. 
and forced people to do better. Okay, we're not forcing most of this country to do better. We're telling them the government will solve their problems. Because if you count on the government to solve your problems, the government can count on you to keep voting for them so much as that little subsidy keeps coming in. Okay, and the fact that we're now telling everybody that society is to blame for anything they don't like about their lives is eroding everybody's, you know, personal responsibility, their determination, their resolve, their perseverance. You think about Barack Obama. He ran on Yes, We Can. Okay, 10 years later, the Democratic slogan is No, You Can't. Hell no. Are you kidding me, Obama? Check your privilege, half-white guy. You need the government to get it done. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, fired up on a Friday to tell you all about what I'll be doing with my Saturday. Uh, Joining me now, a man who will be on the panel tomorrow night when we go live at 10 p.m. on Fox News Saturday night. I am talking about comedian and fan favorite Charles McBee. Yo, yo, yo. What's happening, Captain? Are you pumped up for our first and only appearance on Saturday Night TV together? (laughs) I can't wait. I, I think this is like my strategy because, uh, you know, it's me, you, Brenberg, Gina Brion, who's fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the plan is to get on TV and talk like we all know each other because we do. So I'm telling the American people now we're not doing TV like we're not performing like there will be people there with cameras. Uh, but I can promise you this will be the most unedited conversation in the history of TV. Oh, the, the the dump button will get – is there a dump button in TV? I, I don't know. I, don't know. Said, I, I should have asked about this before I agreed to book you, uh, but it's going to be bad. <laughs> I, was looking at, I was looking at the rundown. Now, the truth is a lot of the things we're talking about tomorrow are like, you know, bombshell news of the week and stuff like that. Uh, but that being said, we all have a tendency, you know, to keep it real, as the kids say, to keep it 100, right? That's right. There you go. So Charles McBee, myself, Brian Brenberg, Gina Brion, one of your all-time favorites, Ted Nugent will be there. Um, it's going to be great. So Fox News Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern time. First of all, before we get into the other things, I want to talk about the Jason Aldean story. Did you see this story about cocaine sharks down in Florida? No. Okay. I saw a cocaine bear. Uh, is that not the same <laughs> it's thing? It's not a spinoff. No. So <laughs> listen. I'm like, everyone's on strike. Now they're just rolling out whatever they got left left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> Cocaine parakeet. Rah! <laughs> it just screams at you in the cage. All, all starring Ice Cube for some reason. <laughs> they just keep throw cocaine in the title. They did Cocaine White House last week. It's unbelievable. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cocaine White House is whatever it takes. So stick with me. There's a real story apparently – you know, the trafficked narcotics that get dumped overboard from time to time when the feds come and a boat speeding and stuff like that mm-hmm. is causing, uh, they believe, some sharks to get hopped up on cocaine and start attacking people and fighting one another. I think that's amazing. That, that's incredible. I, <laughs> as if, well, the sharks attacking people and fight as if they haven't done that before. Like, that sounds like shark sharking. Like, <laughs> like, if, like if you heard someone get 
that got eaten by a shark, mm-hmm. would you go, well, was the shark on cocaine? Was it high? I can't believe the <laughs> shark would do that. <laughs> How do we know it's influencing behavior, you're saying? Right. That's funny. Well, yeah, the, 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 no, the sharks are just making a lot of big plans now. They never get around to eating the people. They just plan well, to. Well, now I know why, why they're swimming so close to the shore all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, we got to get some more of this stuff. Somebody... Somebody get us a score. I love, I love this story. Cocaine shark, and you're blaming it on the writer's strike, which I respect. <laughs> I respect. It might not be true. I mean, anything can happen. Anything can happen in the news now. You just need, if someone tweets about it and a reporter's willing to write about it, it that's can right. become, and that's how the outrage movement started. It'd be like three guys with an egg profile for a picture would be angry mm-hmm. at a celebrity, and someone would write an article going, Twitter is outraged. <laughs> exactly. And, that, and then all it needed was another outlet to pick up the first outlet's report and now you had a moment you had a rage cycle you had something and, going and on. it all started it all started on a toilet it did which is crazy and that crazy cancel well it's actually appropriate considering what you do in a toilet because it all right. holds the same value in the end um exactly. but this aldine thing we got to get into this McBay. and uh I, the so the story is let me give you the full case history of this video speaking of outrage hey girl uh jason aldine actually recorded this song in may And it been on the charts doing nothing. It was kind of, you know, came and went. It's a country anthem. Don't mess with our town. You know, classic country. But a little more, you know, provocative to be clear, you know, because it was showing a lot of images of protests from the summer of 2020, current Mm -hmm. violent incidents, mass gunmen, rapists, robbers, you know, robbers, looters, you know, stores on fire, stuff like that. Okay, when he cut that video about a week ago, CMT saw it and was like, whoa. Whoa, it's a little out there because uh, he was basically saying F around and find out uh, right. them pulling the video got conservatives up in arms because they were like, how dare you pull the video? Which, of course, liberals then said it was racist. You shouldn't have put the video out in the first place. And here's where we are now. Thankfully, I'm actually happy for the existence of this controversy because I didn't want to pretend to be mad at Barbie for the whole weekend because I'm <laughs> right. I'm not mad at the bar. I don't care what they do in the Barbie movie. Like I saw Ted Cruz on the other night yelling. I, before I went on Waters World, Ted Cruz was on. He's like this communist Marxist. I'm like, it's just a, who cares? It's a Barbie movie. And you can't win as a conservative yelling about it because anybody can just cut that clip of you yelling and going you know over at fox what they're doing right now right the world's on fire they're yelling at freaking barbie over there and then we look nuts you know what i'm saying Mm-hmm. Nuts. And to be clear, you could take exception to the fact that Barbie and the social justice warriors in Hollywood edited the film because communist China wasn't going to show the film if they didn't do it their way. Now, that matters if people are going to tell you they're here for social justice and they're placating the biggest human rights abusers in the world. That being said, you still just picked a fight with a Barbie doll and you can't also, look Bar- good doing I'll- it. Also, no one's bursting into your home, putting up a projector screen, and forcing you, you and your family Boom. to watch the Barbie Boom. movie. Boom! Clockwork Orange. Boom! Which, which, yeah. which brings me to Jason Aldean, McBee. Which brings me to Jason Aldean. Are the liberals actually just giving this offensive comment, uh, you know, commentary? Aren't they amplifying it and bringing this problematic imagery to more people? When, when I tell you, I didn't know who... Or what? Uh, Jimmy Dean? I thought it was a sausage. I don't know who this guy is. I never heard of it until now. I'm telling you, it's thank God for white liberals. Otherwise, I, as a black man, wouldn't know what to be offended by. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, 
I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know when to be outraged and angry. <laughs> what's what's supposed to be upsetting to you is explained to you by white people. It's my favorite right. thing in the world. But here's the other thing, okay? Because he doesn't actually, in his defense of the song, he says he never once mentioned race. He was talking mm-hmm. about civic pride. And the take on The View was, which The View, it's just The View. Um, not that you know anybody that ever worked there uh, no. or, or were related to anybody who ever worked there. But stick with me. Uh, we'll get right. past that in a minute. Uh, how was your sister, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> She's great. She sends their love. Charles's sister, Sonny Hostin. Uh, I'm kidding. Not true. Not true. Not true. Uh, but stick with me. Uh, the, the take on The View was, you know, it's racist because he's singing about small towns, white people, right, that stick up for their town. But isn't it kind of demonstrating a profound ignorance of the black community to believe they don't live in small towns and care about them? It, it, uh, it, it's a reach. It's a, it's a far, far reach. Listen. The the thing ab- about this is one, uh, like you said, he didn't mention race or anything in there. It's a classic, you know, country song kind of trope of like we love our country, we love our towns, and all that kind of stuff. Fine. Maybe if you're on the left and you want to be politically outraged or whatever, fine. I don't care. But the idea that this is what destroying or this song is ruining the black community or or threatening the black community. I'm sorry. You want to take a look at the hip hop charts because there's some (laughs) lyrics and songs that, and I love hip hop, but there are some songs that are pretty problematic uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, targeting black people or, or disparaging the black community as far as I'm concerned. Oh, well, I'd rather focus on that first before some arbitrary kind of, you know, vague uh, song about really just saying, hey, don't come and destroy our communities or burn. Mm -hmm. What do you say? Threaten, you know, threaten robbing and pillaging and all that kind of stuff. Anybody would not want that. Any responsible citizen, black or white, which is really, to me, the racist thing. Like, are you do you think that black people? Welcome rioting and looters. Yes, and yes, they do. Yes, they do. And it's psychotic. <laughs> like, oh, listen to these white people caring about the, keeping about crime time. under control. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It's crazy. Uh, Charles McBee is on the line, and we're having a way too comfortable conversation about race for the year 2023. Uh, but that's what we do. No, that's the scam of the whole thing. And, like, uh, you know, my bigger concern, because, yeah, you could you draw this distinction where you say rap lyrics talk about killing women, killing each other, gang violence, dry, everything in between. I was one of my first Ice Cube songs I ever heard was a skit about a drive-by where it's not comedic. They're just giving you a drive-by. You're like, wow, everyone's dead? And it's real. And I was like, wow, this is going on. But again, even so, I think there's another point to be made that we should probably be more concerned as a society with the people doing it than the people singing about it or the people rapping about it. Like, yes, if you were going to have this debate, maybe, yeah, you parse rap lyrics as well. But my bigger concern is just the people doing it as a whole. It's like, so Jason Aldean shows 33 clips of people being robbed, lit on fire, stabbed, shot, cop cars burnt, stores looted. Nobody takes the time to go, you know, about that 
robbery over there. They just talk right. about the singer. And it's like you don't have to like the singer, but the reason the problem doesn't go away is we're focusing on – it's like when they police jokes. You focus on the comedian instead of the subject. How many times could you tell a joke about R. Kelly hitting on young girls and a crowd would be like, ooh. ooh. And you're like, yo, I didn't do it. What are you looking at me for? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. Like like I said, you know, I'm a fan of rap. I'm not as familiar with country, but I kind of get the, yeah. the sentiments of most of it. But, yeah, it, he, from what I learned about the song so far, thank you, white liberals, is that <laughs> he's talking about a lot of things that most people, most rational people are also against. Yeah. Uh, and even even in when, as, as the black community, even when we are angry with police or police brutality or, or whatever the case might be, we still advise against fitting in, in some random cop's face or, 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 or whatnot. Like, we're sti- we still preach against that kind of stuff. So it, what he's talking about, you know, it, it reminds me really quick. It reminds me of that funny sketch. And when I <laughs> of, uh, remember when Tom Hanks was on SNL and it was the Jeopardy sketch and he was like a southern, you know, white guy. Uh-huh. And and then they were and they were talking about how him being a southern white guy actually has a lot in common with like black people mm-hmm. than they might realize. Yeah, hip <laughs> like country music and I feel like black music kind of has a lot in common even when we start to like dig through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we pretty much want the same thing. Yeah, we want safe communities and we want to stop the pillaging and robbing and, and stuff too. People want to get. I don't get the big deal. People want to get paid. People want to get laid. I say it all the time. doesn't matter what the race is. If you boil down country music and rap music, what is most rap music? Check out this money and the girl I'm going to hook up with because of it. You know, check out this car. I mean, that's country music, it's, but it's pickup trucks instead of cars. You know what I mean? And it's girls right. and beer and America and everything in between. Of course, we all have the same values. I mean, that's the part that, like, no one is acknowledging, okay? The reason racism was a successful entity for as long as it was is it's a byproduct of ignorance. People don't understand other cultures, so they might fear it, they might resent it, whatever the case may be. But when we integrated society, and now we are beyond integrated and if you don't believe me you haven't been to a porn site in the last 10 years like there is i mean there is stuff going on out there mcbee wow my goodness gracious and i'm not talking about just these two races okay there's a lot of races out there oh they oh yeah oh, oh. Yeah. oh it's oh. very integrated and we oh, are yeah. there's nothing more progressive than a than a porn site <laughs> you want to you talk about inclusion uh you have my word we are all in this together, as they say. That's, that's right. <laughs> Family values to a whole nother level. Oh, man. Holy heck. But, uh, you know, the point is, as we've integrated society, we realize at this point, like, we're all kind of just doing the same things, you know? And that's why the people who are still trying to, like, reduce us to this basic conflict. One, I think it's completely wrong, and I think we spent a lot of time on that here. But two, I also think it speaks to an ignorance about racism as a whole, because I can tell you as a cab driver, when I got into a cab for the first time, I thought black and white racism was like a tier one racism. I thought it was like the Neiman Marcus of department stores, like the big one. Black Uh, and white, we're like a mom and pop racism compared to other ethnicities. Oh, wow. I mean, if you got into the Latino community, if you got into the Asian community, the things that would yeah, happen. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no. We we are just we're pikers. We're just we're we're very entry level. 
<laughs> I didn't know that. But did people get into your camp and start talking about other other ethnicities within their race? Ooh, right. man. Holy cow. We could yeah. probably stop now while we're still allowed to get on TV tomorrow night. <laughs> Listen, I, all I'll say is I don't mind the song. The song's great. I did mind that he did it in blackface, but I was a little shocked by that. <laughs> he did not, McVie. Oh, oh, I'm he, sorry. He I did not. It was, Wrong video. That was my idea, but he said no. I'm kidding. <laughs> Good for you. Take that, McVie. Uh, I'll see you on the couch tomorrow night at 10, my man. All right, peace. Be well. There he goes, the great Charles McBee. You will see him tomorrow night on Fox News Saturday night, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Me, McBee, Brian Brenberg, and one of my all-time favorites in the world, Gina Brion. Uh, she was a finalist on America's Got Talent two years ago. You've seen her on every late-night show in America. She is an old-school, hilarious comic, and she'll be there on the couch with your radio, buddy. So check it out and don't go anywhere because we've got Byron Donalds after this. Jimmy Fallon. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a show that knows how to pick its battles. You listen to a lot of conservative talk radio, there's an underlying theme every day. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! One of the ways you win a culture war, one of the ways you expand the reach of your movement, is by appealing to people who wouldn't otherwise agree with you. Reasoning with them, common sense, humor, jokes, atmosphere, radio of all things is a buddy cop movie. You got in the car one day, you turned the dial, you heard a new partner's voice coming out of the speaker, and you had to decide whether or not you could ride along with that guy and fight crime every day. Could I hang out with this guy? How's the vibe? What's the mood? The reason Rush Limbaugh is the most successful radio talk show host of all time is people considered him to be phenomenal company. He's a great guy to fight crime with in the car, in the office, or wherever you happen to be listening. I know that. Because I've spent more time listening to him in a taxi than I've actually been on the radio for. As a human, there are days where it kind of blows my mind to think I'm the guy coming out of somebody's speaker. That's crazy to me. I was the guy listening to the speaker my whole life. This is crazy. But I think that's part of the hook of the show is that I'm such a flawed, regular human being. But in listening to the way we're distilling politics right now, the conservatives lose a lot of the middle ground in this country that could potentially vote our way by not knowing where to pick our battles. When you become a grievance movement, you're a lot like the Democrats were always complaining about. Ah, oh, they just get mad. They just get offended so they can get their way. I mean, here's a newsflash. Nobody on the left is offended by the Jason Aldean video. But by feigning outrage, they get currency. It mobilizes support for their ideology. Hey, we're not racist like these guys. And anybody claiming victimhood gets the valor and virtue on Twitter that we call digital dopamine. Likes. Shoot them right up with your phone. But when it comes to the Barbie movie, okay, the Barbie movie has really strong feminist themes, but here's a newsflash. It's about a children's girl's toy. It's about a girl's toy. Who cares what they're doing in the Barbie movie? Yes, they did edit the film to appease communist China because they want the film to play there. And yes, that is weapons-grade hypocrisy by the social justice warriors who will look the other way on human rights abuses. And yes, it is a bit of an overkill by China, mainly because their children aren't even going to see the Barbie movie because they're too busy making the Barbie toys in their factories. But the reality is, if you get on the radio tonight and yell about Barbie toys, you look a little unreasonable. And the left goes, look at the right. They're yelling at Barbie. I'm telling you because I care. I think he's got a point. 
Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Back in action for a big hour, a plus-sized hour. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon going to be joined by Byron Donalds, superstar representative from the great state of Florida, a man who is at the tippy-top, according to reports, of Donald Trump's vice president list. Uh, We'll get into that with B.D., uh, we're also going to talk about all things America. Okay, there's a lot going on this weekend. You got the Barbie movie coming out. People are up in arms about this Jason Aldean song. We had two whistleblowers testify that the Bidens belong in prison. Uh, I think most people would agree with them had they heard the compelling evidence that was shared. That being said, I don't know where it's going to go, but the 2024 race is underway. And as we gear up for the first presidential primary debate right here on Fox News, we got a little bit of crosstalk yesterday. Martha McCallum, bell of the ball in cable news. There is nobody, and I mean nobody, okay, uh, more beloved or respected in this building where I work, Fox News headquarters, than Martha McCallum. Dana, right up there at the tippy top. We're talking about there's like a, a Mount Rushmore of badass women who kind of run my life here at Fox that I just absolutely, like, I'm filled with gratitude every time I talk to them. Uh, You know, I've been lucky enough to do stand-up shows with Martha in the audience with her husband, who's one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet anywhere. And uh, they're amazing. Good laughers. They get jokes. You're not going to offend them because they know the difference between a joke and a hate crime. And there was a time in this country where we all did. But what happened is, you know, the left started to weaponize words because you control the language and it allows you to control the people. That's why they're oftentimes just labeling things far right or misogynistic or debunked. I mean, that was the whole hook with the Biden campaign. Hunter Biden's laptop, with which every intelligence agency in this country recognizes as true, was put together uh, during the election and was put to bed as false. They called it debunked. They called it Russian disinformation. They called it misinformation, and they got it out of the way with the help of big tech, the New York Times, and the Washington Post. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage, and the editor that let it come out is garbage. But what's so fascinating is a party that gets by by manipulating language, making stuff racist so it goes away calling it misogynistic so people vote against it. A party that makes their living off of words seems to be okay with a president who can't get the words out of his mouth. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. So Biden, if you watched it this week, a couple of really rough moments. And I I do not, again, uh, disparage him for being in the condition that he's in. Okay, where conservatives get it wrong is it's not his age, not a byproduct of his age, it's a byproduct of his condition. You could be 20 years, 30 years older than Joe Biden in some cases and be sharper than he is at 82. Okay, I've got an uncle who's about 17 years older than him, the great Uncle Sam. If you're listening on WNBA out there, that's Uncle Sam territory. He's a Polish falcon, grew up in Ambridge. That's where we used to go visit Uncle Sam. He was in General MacArthur's honor guard during World War II. My Uncle Sam's a badass, really cool guy, a lot of fun. Big Steeler fan, pirate fan, love him. Just one of the best things about being me, Uncle Sam. He's my actual Uncle Sam. Uh, Stick with me, though. Okay, understand that you can be so much sharper than Joe Biden, even if you're older than him. It's not about Biden's age. It's about his condition. So we have a report out this week that Biden's no longer going to take the stairs on Air Force One. 
They're tired of him falling on the way up the stairs, so they're giving him the shorter staircase, which, again, is an accommodation he should absolutely be granted given his condition. But at the same time, the fact that we need to do this is highlighting the fact that he shouldn't be doing the job. You are correct, sir. Okay, let me give you a little of this back and forth because there was a lot of, you know, some Martha. There was some Biden. A lot went on this week where Biden attempted to speak English, uh, didn't always get the ball over the plate. I will stop here. Okay, I will start here. Okay, here is Biden in his Oval Office meeting uh, where he was talking to the Israeli president. He appeared to have fallen asleep for a minute. If you were watching the video, the poor Israeli president, because Biden has his eyes closed and his head down, is like, I don't know, do I make my cell phone ring to wake him up? (laughs) Do I put a dollar in his cup and walk away like it's a homeless guy on the subway? How do I handle this? It's a really awkward position. Let's start there. It's clip 18. And we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political level. And they And as I uh, affirmed to Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday, America's commitment to Israel is firm. I mean. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. It's the President of the United States, guys, meeting with another leader. Now, I get that most of the Democratic Party is pretty anti-Semitic and they don't prioritize Israel or their well-being in the world. (laughs) I'm not even being snarky. It just made me laugh. But, you know, the reality is when we're doing bilateral meetings, we still need the president to stay awake. We do. I'm telling you because I care. You need the president to be awake on the national stage. That is correct. Okay, so here's John Kirby. He goes on the story with Martha McCallum. And Martha McCallum doing some crosstalk, talking to Democrats. Kirby's a Pentagon spokesperson. He fills in for KJP from time to time. It was Kirby that gave us that clown answer earlier in the week on the cocaine investigation. He goes, yeah, we did all we could. Come on. Don't bullshit me. No, they didn't. If they wanted to know whose cocaine it was in the White House, they could have found out in an hour. Okay, first of all, there is video of every corner of the White House. The idea that someone can walk in or out of the White House and leave a mysterious white powder and we wouldn't be able to catch it on video. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Yo, it's the White House. They trace the phone number of everybody who calls, let alone walks in the door with an unidentified bag of powder. So the only way someone could have done that is if they had access to the White House without going through the security protocols, meaning dogs sniffing you over, meaning metal detectors that you go through, meaning Secret Service pat-downs, all of which happen to people visiting the White House. You know who they don't happen to? Are you ready for it? The family. Oh, wow! Everybody else. Unless it's some high-ranking cabinet official. Okay, who, again, could be in the pool of potential drug users, at which point the Secret Service is a very finite pool of people that it could belong to. And through the use of cameras, through the use of cell phone data, they could know exactly who was in the position where the cocaine was found and when. The problem is where the cocaine was found has changed three times. They've changed the location three times. So you understand we're not getting a straight answer by design. 
Okay, never mind the laughable claim that there was no fingerprints on the cocaine. Whoever this cocaine addict is, they're so addicted to cocaine, they bring it into the frickin' White House. But they're still mindful of the fact that they can't put fingerprints on the bag. They're more careful than serial killers. Are you stupid or something? I mean, that's what they're asking you to believe. But the truth is, they know you don't believe it. They're just not going to tell you. Okay, they don't fear the people anymore. They don't work for us. We now work wherever they'll allow us to go. Okay, but here is John Kirby on the heels of that laughable answer telling Martha McCallum that Biden was very clear in the mumbling clip. Let me play the mumbling clip one more time so it's fresh in your brain. Clip 18. And we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political level and the Aqua and And as I... Uh, Affirmed to Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday, America's commitment to Israel is firm. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Now, he got the beginning and he got the end. But there's a three or four innings there in the middle of the game. Uh-huh. We have a president that is clearly not all there. And I'm not saying it because I'm mad at him. And I'm not saying it because I want you to be mad at him, the poor guy. The fact that they're doing this to him is a problem. And the fact that they're doing it to us is a problem because it looks bad for America on the world stage. But here's John Kirby with a straight face saying the president was very clear in the clip I just played you, clip 19. John, this got a lot of attention. It got picked up in a lot of places. Why is it so hard to understand what what the president is trying to say there? I think he was very, very clear, Martha. Uh, First of all, our commitment to to Israel's security is ironclad, not going to change. That doesn't mean that we don't have concerns. He doesn't have concerns, and he's expressed those. So you didn't think there was any problem to communicate there? You didn't have any any difficulty understanding what he was trying to say? The president was very clear in that that clip, and he's been very clear uh, publicly and private with with, uh, Israeli leaders about what we're trying to do here. Bum, bum, <laughs> I mean, come on. John Kirby, let me be very clear. You are so full of <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Here's MSNBC. Lauren Egan, Politico's White House reporter, talking about changes that will be made at the White House to accommodate Biden. Clip 20. When the president travels on Air Force One, he usually uses these big stairs. It's probably the the shot that most viewers are familiar with, with the president descending from Air Force One, 30-something steps. More recently, President Biden has started to use the smaller set of stairs that come out from the belly of Air Force One. It is a small, small thing that the president is doing, but it's yet another example of how the White House and his team around him are trying to adjust things to accommodate for his age and really limit any sort of situation where that his age might be on full display. We've seen the president, you know, trip up those stairs, but they don't want to put him in any situation where he's going to draw even more attention to his age, which continues to be a major vulnerability for the president in polling. But do you understand, if it's a major vulnerability for the president, his age, it doesn't get better. The idea of concealing this from the American people just to minimize the appearance, because how it will affect the poll numbers. We're not worried about the poll numbers, guys. you got to worry about the country. You have no idea how to defend a nation. Okay, the country on the world stage has a president that now we have acknowledged and accepted is not going to make it up a flight of stairs. 
Now, FDR served in a wheelchair. It's not about the mobility. Okay, it's about the guy not being in a position to do the job. Okay, when the Israeli prime minister doesn't understand the words and the translator has to shrug because words aren't being said, that's an issue. But here's Nancy Pelosi, the great Nancy Pelosi, one of the one half of the greatest stock trading family in the history of the United States. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. Well, here she is living up to Lincoln Fayla's words, saying Biden's age is of no concern. Clip 17. Age is relative. What I, I was in L.A. Uh, for some Democratic stuff recently, and I met with Norman Lear, who's 100, going on 101. He was telling me some new shows he was involved in. I was meeting with Frank Gehry, a, a, a 90-something architect, showing me new buildings. He's building throughout the world. Uh, and uh, they were like, 80s? He's a kid. But it's a kid. It's, <laughs> It is. It's relative. He's he's younger than I am, so I he's a kid to me as well. The president <laughs> is. More of that. Understand? Okay, it's not about age. It's about condition. I don't doubt there are guys older than Bob. Mike. Again, I know. I just interviewed William Shatner from Star Trek. The documentary uh, comes out August seventh on Fox Nation. Moon landing, fact or fiction? Such a silly title. But we interviewed William Shatner. Uh, He's 92. Okay, he's technically 10 years older than Biden. Sharp as a tack. Okay, there was not one word that was non-English. The sign language interpreter wasn't stumped. Okay, there was the subtitled people didn't have an issue with it. Okay, it's not about age. Nancy Pelosi is deflecting, as politicians do. It's about condition. Okay, and the reality is they're now bumper bowling for a president who's still throwing gutter balls everywhere he goes. He's an old guy, has dementia, can't lead us, and the country is screwed, tell some big lies. Barely speaks English, sniffs children, and their mom's hair too. Goes the wrong way when he leaves his speeches, gets lost each day in the White House yard. All the Dems say that we should reelect him. How can he run? When walking is hard And you keep falling You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America, your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Byron Donalds in the next break. He, of course, a superstar representative from the great state of Florida. 
Many people consider him to be the inside guy to be Trump's next VP. Byron is as good of a political communicator as anyone I've ever met. And I do not doubt uh, that if he stays the course, he could be the president one day and a damn effective one at that. He's a really cool guy on the air, off the air. Everybody here on the show, Wesley Hunt will be on Monday, you know, is a good example. If you hear a lawmaker on this show repeatedly, it's because I've met them off the air and I'm like, oh, this guy's actually cool. He's he means it. He's not, you know, just here to like shill for a party. There are people right now. It's really weird. Because most of the swamp is the swamp. 80% of Washington is a member of the same party, the Uniparty. Upper echelon establishment Republicans, upper echelon establishment Democrats that, you know, are beholden to their own special interests on their side of the aisle, but have one common denominator that unites them at the end of the day. Money, 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 money. Okay. And when you get to individual issues, war is ultimately the big one for both of them. That's where most of the overlap is. Republicans are definitely more in favor when it comes to energy production on boosting it here. Democrats are doing the environmental thing. Okay, they don't agree on abortion. Okay, they don't agree on prison policy or border policy, or you can see education policy becoming an issue now with all the drag queens and weird stuff that they're working into children's classrooms right now all over the country. Stop bringing little kids to drag shows, you perverts. But the point is, okay, where they always agree is on stuff like money. Oh, money. I mean, money and war. War pays big money. It's the Ukraine thing. It's crazy. But I will tell you, I have met and been encouraged by the fact that there is a younger generation of politician out there, new to Washington, that still wants to make a difference. They haven't been corrupted by the whole thing. Okay, some of them are, you know, carnival barkers, a lot of carnival barkers in both parties. And they have a lot of presence on TV and radio because they make the most noise, they get the most clicks. But behind closed doors, the people calling the shots aren't really being driven by the loony fringe, okay? The ratings get driven by the loony fringe. The country doesn't quite, okay? But when it comes to Byron, guys like Tim Scott, guys like Wesley Hunt, you know, guys I talk to on the air and off. Jim Jordan be a good example of that. They say the same things to me that they say to you, which gives me hope that there are people out there that still care. One of them joining us next when we come back right here on The Big Bad, one and only Fox Across America. It's America's life coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you're damn right it is. We are fired up. It's Friday. I'm trying to hold this country together. Sending in some backup now. Uh, Joining us is a man who not only is a superstar representative from the great state of Florida, uh, but he crashed my show last week, just muscled his way right past security. This is an actual booking, though. Byron Donalds returns to the show. Hey, man. What's up, Jimmy? How you doing? No, I love that strong arm radio move last week. Listen, Kamek just opened up the door, so you got to push through. That's what it is. <laughs> Kamek, let's, let me let's talk Kamek for a second, all right? Because I've yeah, only hung ahead. out with her a few times. She's a fun chick. Is she not a, like? Is she fun like congressionally fun when you guys are hanging out in the house and all that? Like politically speaking, yeah. is it is it uh, politically correct to say fun chick? Is she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't. She's a fun day. She's a fun. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. No, cat's awesome. No, cat's awesome. She is a fun chick. No, she's great. She she's really is. Great, great, great on the show. We always have a good time. We have, you know, in radio, you have something called a dump button, where if somebody said something or accidentally cursed, they could dump it out of the live broadcast. Uh, when Kamek is on, we have three guys working that button. 
straight up. You need that, yeah, you yeah. know, because she's, you know, she's a cannon. <laughs> you know, they say, oh, she's great. She's a pistol. No, she's a cannon. So, yeah, you need three at least. Defense wins championships. Uh, let's talk about this. The whistleblower hearing, uh, I know you saw plenty of it. It's kind of it's kind of weird because I, I felt like we were listening to impeachable offenses. I don't hear a lot of talk about that. What more do they need if they wanted to move on something like this? So, I mean, look, the only reason why you don't hear much about it is because, you know, New York Times, Washington Post, NBC, ABC, CBS, they airport radar, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, you know, the C, C-SPAN. They don't talk about this story. Mm-hmm. They're all. ignoring it. Jimmy, and I think this is really disgusting for the country because you have a president whose family was taking money. They are all getting rich because he was in public office for a long time, and he did things. Like he did get the prosecutor uh, looking into Burisma fired. Mm -hmm. He did that. He bragged about it, but he never told anybody that they got $10 million in order to do that. So this is public corruption. I think that all the elements are there. The big question now is tracking down the money flow uh, to Joe Biden. We already know of one instance that came out in the committee where Hunter Biden paid for a hotel room for Joe Biden. Well, look, he, Joe, Hunter Biden didn't get any money because he's smart. Even the Burisma CEO said that. They gave him the money because he's stupid and because he's a connection to Joe Biden. I mean, think about that. You'd never be sitting in a boardroom. Like, like let's say the show was called Shark Tank, right? You're on Shark Tank, and you were just pitching your bosses on way to improve the company. You wouldn't go, you know there's a guy that got kicked out of the Chateau Marmont for doing too many drugs. Uh, we need to get him on the board. He has no background in our industry, but we need to get him on the board. The point is, it couldn't happen. You'd get thrown off of Shark Tank. But if that guy happened to be the son of the vice president at the time, and you were doing business with the country, then yeah, you've got some moves to be made. So you kind of spelled it out perfectly. I, I guess the challenge becomes now is, like you said, the, nobody on the left is going to own this. Uh, I wouldn't expect them to. But isn't the other problem what we heard from the whistleblowers, which is that they kind of slow rolled this past the statute of limitations. So there's really not a lot of legal recourse. Yeah, that's what they did with respect to Hunter Biden. Real quick, mm-hmm. Hunter Biden, it's more indicative of like he was on The Apprentice. You remember The Apprentice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it and a you'd have the first round, you know, the first show where they're doing their project. Yeah. Uh, Trump would look at him and say, you're fired. Like, he would be the first one to go. This guy got $5 million from Burisma and got another $5 million for his daddy. And so that's, that's what for people to understand. But I think the, the, the money flow is still indicative of public corruption, even though yeah. on tax evasion, mm-hmm. the Department of Justice let it expire and go through the, the statute of limitations. Okay. Here's why this matters. Number one. I think the issue is that the primary issues at the Department of Justice, they obstructed justice. There's no other way to see this. Mm-hmm. Um, according to the DOJ manual and according to the IRS manual, any type of tax evasion like this, the, recommend, the recommended charge are felony charges. That's their manual. That's not me saying it. That's their manual. They didn't do that. Uh, you have issues where uh, they were being tipped off. The presidential transition team for Joe Biden was tipped off about IRS wanting to interview Hunter Biden and 11 other people. They were tipped off. Those, never, those interviews never occurred. The WhatsApp text message, you know, where Hunter's like, hey, I'm sitting here with my dad. Where's my money? Uh, tell, cha- tell chairman that we remember this stuff and we're never going to let it go because we're the Bidens and we have all those connections. The investigation team wanted to get location data 
on that text message so they would know exactly where Hunter Biden was when he sent it. We have pictures that confirm Hunter Biden was at the Biden Beach House on the day he sent that text message and that Joe Biden was there. But the Department of Justice did not allow them to get location data. So you have obstruction of justice in this regard, and that speaks directly to Merrick Garland. It speaks to Leslie Monaco. Lisa Monaco, who's the deputy, who's the deputy attorney general, mm-hmm. and I believe you're going to have real issues with the U.S. You, uh, the AUSA, Mr. Weiss, and with his deputy, Lisa Wolf. Now, what mm-hmm. does this mean for Joe Biden? Yeah, Joe Biden clearly was using his office uh, to to for public corruption purposes, for pay for play. He took money and used the weight of his office to fire uh, to to influence another country. They impeached Donald Trump because he talked to Vladimir Zelensky about trying to get information about Burisma, Hunter, Joe Biden actually took the money and did the thing. So he should be impeached over that. And then secondarily, I believe he also should be impeached because he was using his office to leverage his son getting money from countries around the globe. So there you, you go. That's you, my case. How about this? So Representative Byron Donalds, the 19th Congressional District down in Florida, seems to believe, are you telling me, are you telling the American people Joe Biden is the big guy? Yeah, he's the big guy. Who else? Like, who is it? Come on, man. <laughs> ain't nobody else. It ain't Christopher Walken. You know, you know, like, come on, man. It's him. We know it is. It's him. Uh, he, you know, and he's so, and, and so he's like, what's, what's so damning is the White House, when the FBI form gets released, mm-hmm. basically showing what the confidential human source knew. Mm-hmm. This all sounds like a Tom Clancy novel, by the way. Yeah. But <laughs> when the FBI document is released, you know what the White House says? Oh, those are those 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 accusations have been debunked. Next question. Yep. What? No follow up? No, hey, no, you got to give us more nope. because now we have the oversight committee has found the money. The IRS found the money. The FBI has a document. Um, and then the DOJ was outside of their normal parameters in investigations of your son. It's crazy. Man. I got four. I got four smoking guns. I don't have one. They need to answer questions. They're not going to, which is why I think the next process in the House is impeachment proceedings. Well, I love this. No, that's what I wanted to know. And that's where I think it needs to go. I mean, because I don't think there's any other way to get for this to get the attention that it deserves because the media ain't giving it to you. There's I mean, it's it's fascinating, like what they're willing to look away from. We kind of talked about this last week with the cocaine story. It's like yeah. they were running. They were literally running pieces about Trump having diet cokes on the resolute death. I'm like, but somebody showed up with original recipe to a Democratic White House. (laughs) They're like, it ain't no thing. Doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Uh, Listen, man, I think you got your work cut out for you there. But I think when you just talk about the country, this is the point I try to make to people. Okay, if you have a compromised president, it doesn't benefit you as a Democrat living in America to have a Department of Justice that's protecting him. Because if he's compromised, you're compromised and everything in between. Would you say on any level that he has governed like he's compromised? Yes. Wow. 100%. His energy policy only benefits China and the crazy radicals who think that getting rid of fossil fuels is a good thing. Getting rid of fossil fuels, people will freeze to death. Yep. And you can't get you can't make eyeglasses, you can't make computers. Uh, even the even the, the nutty protesters who have their iPhones and wear nice sneakers, yeah, guess what? You can't get sneakers. All that stuff is done with fossil fuels. So this stuff only benefits China because China dominates the globe with respect to rare earth minerals, lithium, nickel, and the other elements you need to make solar panels and, and, and wind turbines. I mean, think about those are the facts. 
here's one thing. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. Smoking gun number five. I need to make a list of all my smoking guns. The, <laughs> New awesome. York Times, the New York Times reported in December a few years ago that Hunter Biden did facilitate the sale of a cobalt mine with a Chinese company. Yep. He was involved in the transaction for a cobalt mine in the Congo. The New York Times reported that. I'm not saying that. So I do believe he has been a commander-in-chief that's been compromised. Let's take Ukraine. Mm -hmm. This situation with Ukraine, everybody saw that Russia was amassing troops on the Ukrainian border for six months. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden did nothing. Mm -hmm. He did less than nothing. Vladimir Zelensky wanted weapons. He ignored it. He didn't do anything to help Ukraine until Russia already invaded. And that was only because people were saying, this is messed up. How come nobody's helping this country? Vladimir Zelensky said, bro, keep your jet. Just give me bullets. And then Joe Biden made an about face. And now we spent $115 billion on Ukraine. He had – and then the the southern border, Mm -hmm. the precursor for fentanyl is made in China. That's where it's made. The cartels are going to make $15 billion a year trafficking people into the United States. Has Joe Biden said, damn, this is bad policy. Maybe I should reverse course. No, he continues. Yeah, he's compromised. Yeah, he's tanking the game where it's like we're living in a country like where a team is tanking to get a better draft pick. It's crazy, but we're not going to get a better draft pick. That's the problem, and we're certainly not, not going to from make... the Democrats. No, 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 no. They got a bad bench. Uh, throw this one at me. Every I, so many people have been on my show, man. I don't yeah. know. If, I don't know if you're getting a kick out of this, but a lot of people say if Trump gets a VP, uh, it should happen uh, down in Florida. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to get into specifics, but there's a lot of talk about the 19th congressional district. Have you heard anything about that? No, nah, man, I haven't heard about that. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, BD. I love this. Listen, man, you'd be a you'd be a beast of a VP. I mean, you could actually you could actually be a president. Like, if I had a fantasy draft, like I think you could do the gig, but I don't want to blow up your ego because you already tell me you're like the Biggie Smalls of politics and stuff. I but that's not ego. That's not ego, Jimmy. No. That's just the reality. Those are the facts. Man. <laughs> uh, I mean, good for you. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you one quick story. I have heard about it. Honestly, it's like a real honor and it's, it's like Mm -hmm. crazy to think about. So I just do my job, but we had the joint session with, uh, Israeli President Herzog. Mm-hmm. So I was one of the last members on the floor, and I'm walking in through the speaker's lobby, and Kamala is sitting in the chair, mm-hmm. and I just kind of glanced at her, and mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, let me keep walking. Let me not stop. Yeah. I'm not trying to make any new stories. I just stopped. I just kept moving. That's all. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. But you took a good look at the chair, didn't you? Dude, so honestly, that's the one thing that I think sucks about uh-huh. the, the vice presidency is you have to sit in that chair for like 35 minutes to an hour while the speech is going. And you got to keep your 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 resting face. I'm going to leave the, the middle <laughs> one out. You gotta keep, your resting face has to be so good. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be so good. And, man, I, I, that, that's tough, man. I don't know. I don't she, know about that. But one. this is where she deserves credit. I'll give her credit for one thing because she has to try to keep that face when Biden is speaking languages other than English. Like in that moment where the sign language interpreter shrugs because he doesn't know the word, you still got to keep <laughs> a straight face, dude. <laughs> That'd be a rough gig. Well, if you're going to be a VP for anybody, I'd say Trump's definitely the gig. It's definitely not Biden for that alone. Oh, gosh, no. If, listen, if it was for Biden, they would have fired me after, like, three days. They'd have been like, no. This, <laughs> he's mouthing off again. This is not working he's, out for our administration. actually he's throwing a challenge flag at the podium like it's an NFL game. I've got to challenge listen, that last word. You know in this White House, stuff will be brought up in a meeting, 
and somebody has a yellow flag, flag on the play, <laughs> taunting the American people, <laughs> you know, unnecessary roughness on our economy. I mean, like, come on, man. <laughs> That's funny. We get definitely a lot of unsportsmanlike conduct at the border. Good stuff, man. Uh, all right. Keep playing good ball, champ. We'll do it again. All right. See you, Jimmy. You're the best. There he goes. The legend, Byron Donalds from the 19th Congressional District of Florida. A very trendy pick to be Trump's VP. I got to tell you, though, he could be, I, I, you know, having like met him off camera uh, several times. He's a cool dude. And you can't imagine how far cool goes in this day and age where everyone in Washington is unbearable and they're fake. Did you see the Mitt Romney hot dog video? We're going to be covering it on Fox News Saturday night. Tomorrow night I'm hosting 10 o'clock, Fox News Saturday night, 10 o'clock show. And uh, one of the last stories we cover from, like, the news of the week is the Mitt Romney hot dog video where Mitt Romney is trying to appear likable and relatable. So he's in the Senate wearing a hot dog hat, holding a hot dog uh, the way I've never seen anyone hold a hot dog in my life. That was embarrassing. And then talking about hot dog is his favorite meat. And it's so important that we eat hot dogs on National Hot Dog Day. What an idiot. The point is just so stupid. Why? Because every time a politician attempts to look relatable, they highlight just how out of touch they are. Do you remember when Jill Biden went down to San Antonio and thought she was going to win over a theater full of Latinos by calling them a bunch of breakfast tacos? They were like, shut up. Will you shut up? But that's what she You're as unique as the breakfast tacos in San Antonio. And then she followed it up with the most embarrassing I consider gaffe I've ever seen from a politician. She's trying to bond with the Latino communities. So she calls the bodegas, which are, you know, like delis convenience stores that serve food that are very prominent in the inner cities of America. She calls the bodegas a bogada, a bogada. <laughs> what would you do with a brain if you had one? Fair question to ask her. But the point is, whenever they try to look relatable, they come off as being completely out of touch. Do you ever see the Elizabeth Warren have a beer video? I think I'm going to have a beer. <laughs> then she, her husband's in the kitchen. She's like, oh, what are you doing here? As if she's never seen him. I'm like, ah, he's like, I live here. And you're holding the beer upside down. Stupid people. Byron Donalds, just for the simple fact that he's a relatable, regular human with excellent communication skills, I'm telling you, this dude is a problem, Democrats. You better watch it. You better watch it. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. We are in the bottom of the ninth, girlfriend. The party just getting started for you and me. If you're watching Fallovision this weekend, you will see me on with Lawrence Jones. Tomorrow night in the 9 p.m. hour, right on the Fox News channel, we will, of course, be promoting the fact that I take over the channel at 10 o'clock. I'll be hosting Fox News Saturday night, sitting right in the host chair, looking good. Uh, Charles McBeal be on, regular on this show. You just heard him a little while ago. Fantastic comedian named Gina Brion. Brian Brenberg. Ted Nugent is going to weigh in on this Jason Aldean controversy. But the recurring theme will be fun. We're going to have the wildest time allowable by law. And uh, if you can check it out, you know your radio buddy needs the ratings. And you'll certainly feel better about your own fashion sense after you see what I'm about to wear on national TV tomorrow night. Uh, but this is one of those really cool moments uh, in my career 
uh, that is only possible because of you guys. So really feel the pride of ownership in any of the success that we've recognized as a group on this show. Uh, because none of it would be happening for me on this TV uh, were it not for you guys watching it and getting the jokes and coming out to the stand-up shows and tuning into the radio. But we actually have, like, a cool movement, you know, and uh, it's not the size of everything else out there yet. It certainly has exploded uh, over the course of the last few years. But the point is everybody in it is cool. When you go to our live shows, you go, wow, like, everybody here is kind of funny too. They kind of get it. They like the country. They're really silly. They talk smack to Jimmy during the Q&A. They laugh at the jokes. Nobody gets offended. Like we have actually built like I always say it's like a safe space for cool people. But it is. I don't even have anybody messaging me on Facebook that's not cool. Although that could change if I don't start getting back to you guys faster. But I'm busy. What do you want from me? I got to host a national talk show. And I got to host a national TV show tomorrow night. So you better be there as a majority owner of this team or at least a part owner. But the show is over. Happy Friday wherever you wind up this weekend. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.